Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 38. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. Welcome back, Chris. After an Thanks, entire man. week off, how was your vacation? It was awesome. Really? Spent a very very relaxing time and uh, at Dale Hollow Lake, which is located on the border of Kentucky and Tennessee, and just had a real good time doing a whole lot of nothing. Well, that's awesome. Uh, did you happen to have an opportunity to listen to the most recent episode of Help, I Got a Mac? didn't not a problem i will tell you uh, i shared lots and lots of awesome information last week man i upgraded to leopard all right how's it going Uh, well so far everything seems to be working just fine and dandy so i shared my upgrade experience last week and and shared with everybody how that went i i went bold and and crazy and didn't do any sort of backup or anything like that i just stuck that disc in there and let it go right on <laughs> but uh yeah so it, i i installed leopard last week i got screenflow on my system i went ahead and purchased screenflow because i was totally sold on it as soon as i saw the demo videos and and the fact that they said all these demo vision uh videos have been done using this program and so it's like oh that is exactly what i'm looking for exactly what i want to do and so yeah i've been enjoying it in fact i will tell you that i am a huge fan of spaces and of course i'm not going to reiterate everything i said last week but dude i love it that's awesome man of course, Fred uh, Fred from Long Island said, you know, well, we've had that in Linux for years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So anyway, hey, one operating system at a time. I'm already I'm already got my feet wet in two different areas now. So, yeah. Hey, I was listening to This Week in Tech. And yes. and uh, I was on, as I was on my five mile walk today. And, you know, if you walk five miles a day, you get an opportunity to listen to a lot of podcasts. Right. So anyway, um, I was listening to Leo Laporte talking with his uh, panel of pundits, and they were talking about the fact that Microsoft did this, like, um, oh, gosh, what was the name of it? Can any, what was the name of the project that they did? Have you heard about this? Mesh? Oh, oh, oh the Mojave. Uh, the Mojave project. project. Yes. Have you heard about this? have i actually went to the website this week uh and saw it it's uh very interesting why don't you explain what mojave is for our listeners <clears throat> sure Mo- i'm sorry um, the mojave project yeah uh as everybody knows uh the the general consensus around the campfire is that windows vista is awful right and you're one of the people that, that share that experience i've used both and i don't mind it it's but it's different enough that it, it's annoying to a, a long time windows user who expects windows to do certain things um, so what Microsoft wanted to do was kind of do like a Folgers crystals taste test, you know, and, and get people to come into this focus group and tell the person, look, uh, what do you think of windows Vista? Have you ever used Vista? And then they were going to show them a quote unquote new version of windows they're working on codenamed windows Mojave. Right. And. What happened was, what it, what it really was, was just Windows Vista with someone explaining and doing a, a, a dog and pony type show. 
And then they told people they were actually looking at Windows Vista, and they were all like, oh, wow, that's so cool. So it's not very scientific, but... Uh, right, so... I, I watched the video. It was mildly entertaining. Right, so, so here's the situation. Microsoft has to trick... I mean, it's so bad right now that Microsoft has to trick people into giving Vista a try. Mm-hmm. And, of course, also on the same episode of This Week in Tech, I also heard them say that I think it's the new Sony Vios. Um, there, there is some kind of big, um, oh, what, one of those big presentations or whatever, and, and they were talking to the sales reps at the desk or, and says, I'll tell you what, we, we're, we'll ship these right out to you. And, oh, by the way, we ship them. We, they come with Vista installed, but we, sh- we throw in a couple of disks of Windows XP for business users. Oh really? Yes, and so and and, and the funny thing is, is that um, Leo shares this I, I, in on his show, and he's talked about this many times. You know, he does Leo Laporte, the tech guy, or on the weekends he does the call-in radio show. People are consistently calling in and say, "Hey, I'm looking to buy a new computer. Do you know where I can get one without Vista on it?" And of course, I do my best to perpetuate that as well. Now, my my recommendation of people not getting Vista is not based upon you know it doing the new operation or new version of the operating system of Windows not doing what I'm used to it doing. I mean, I can handle things be being moved around and put in different places. That that's no big deal to me. But what I can't handle in it, it was the consistent blue screen of deaths that I was getting on Vista on a consistent basis. Yeah. And so uh, I know I've done my part to tell people, say, stay away from Vista for as long as you can. And finally, I'm getting to the point now where people are a little concerned when I, I do a consulting job and they say, you know, uh, I'd, I'd like to buy a computer, but I'm looking at, you know, spending a, probably $1,800, $2,000 on a brand new computer. I don't know how comfortable I feel about <clears throat> buying an operating system that is eventually within the next two to three years is no longer going to have any kind of technical support. Yeah. So, you know, you know what? I, I'm, I'm at this point now with the, the service pack and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, when my, my father-in-law said, hey, Chris, uh, you know, we're probably going to get a computer here soon. We're probably, you know, I don't think we're going to consider getting a Mac just because. Um, anyway, that, I, I said, that's fine. You know, you're not going to hurt my feelings if you don't get a Mac. You know, it's not for everybody. And he said, um, I was told I should avoid Vista. Should, should I do that? And I pretty much told him it's going to be a few months before he gets his computer. <clears throat> if he buys a system with Vista already pre-installed, I think he's going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think it's going to be more secure. And they're both not real heavy Windows users anyway, so there's not much of a, a, a learning curve for them. Right. So I, 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 don't, I didn't discourage them from getting right. uh, from getting Vista. Well, I've not used any Vista system with Service Pack 1 installed on it at all. So my all of my experience with Vista was prior to that. But I can tell you this, with prior to Service Pack 1, I never knew a single individual personally, face-to-face, that I've seen their computer work with Windows uh, with the Windows version of iTunes. iTunes always crashed on Vista. And it's like, dude, that sucks. So, but anyway, of course, I, I would say you're probably right. You know, newer systems today, the hardware is built for it. You're still subject to the different variants of hardware that, of course, the Windows operating system development team does not, you know, they can't, they can't plan for every scenario of, of 
different types of makeup for the the hardware configuration. And so right. that is why I, I tell people if you're in, and if you're in the market, if you are in the market for a a brand new computer, my suggestion is to purchase a Mac. Oh, yeah, I agree. There, there is no question. Now, as far as you know, you telling your dad, you know, ah, oh, that's okay, not not to worry about it. I would totally tell dad, say, listen, what you want is you want a you want an iMac or a MacBook, either one, uh, MacBook Pro, by the way. I wouldn't go MacBook, but anyway, MacBook Pro or an iMac, and and you want to you want to have uh, it dual boot. You want to be able to load it up and have Windows, uh, and also the Mac OS, so you have the best of both worlds. Yeah. Well, of course, I realize you know if somebody's all, if all they're doing is browsing the web, checking their email, sounds like a little overkill. But you know what? When it comes down to it, I just think it's easier when it comes to you and I, Chris, as the support tech people for mom and dad. Oh yeah, I agree. You know, it's, it's just like yeah, dad. You, you, I, if I were you, I would have said yeah, that's okay. I, I understand. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Just do me a favor. Make sure that when you have an issue. You call one eight hundred Microsoft. I it's it's my it's it, it I hate phone calls where so and so calls and it's always a family member and they say you know they want to know if you can help them out they've got a problem with their computer and oh by the way it is uh, Vista yeah and so I always <laughs> I hate returning those phone calls and it looks like Frank uh, has a question for us. So are we ready for some question or do we have some more news? So, oh, by the way, so this Vista thing, do you yeah. think that that's crazy? Do you think that that's basically... I think it's pretty lame, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I mean, is is that crazy to sit there and lie to people and, and try to trick them into giving your product a chance? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I think it's, it's grasping at straws. Yeah. Now, um, I wonder what you think the, I think the, the public per- perception, I mean, just on average is that Vista is horrible and Leo seemed to believe that it, and I think it was John Dvorak actually, John C. Dvorak says, you know, I think it's probably most of those, um, Mac commercials that really did this, that drove it home to the, to the average, you know, non-technical PC user. Yeah. You think that's, you think that's true? I I agree, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I I I would have to argue that that probably had something to do with it. It kind of I think maybe the 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 Mac commercials maybe reemphasized. See, cuz I'm a consumer, right? And I watch television, but I realize that when I'm watching a commercial from Apple and it's attacking the other operating system, well, mm. obviously they're not going to say good things, but I'm sure that they're going to exaggerate some of the weaknesses. You see what oh, I'm yeah. saying? So I'm not going to I'm not going to base my opinion of Vista on, from Apple commercials. Yeah, I agree. However, if all of my super geek friends like Chris Biding and Cliff Ravenscraft and Reb, Rob Johnson and and uh, Patrick and and all these other friends of mine who are computer geeks. I mean, these are hardcore computer geeks. And if they say that, you know, I hate Vista, Vista stinks, don't buy a Vista computer. I think that the, the I think maybe basically what happens is that, you know, the, the Apple commercials just reinforce that and drive it home deeper. 
Oh yeah. So I don't. I. I the, the, I guess what I'm saying, what I'm getting at is, is in this week in tech, it. I think Leo was about ready to say, it's like, you know, is it is it really fair? Is it a legitimate, you know, are there legitimate reasons for people to not like Vista? And and he's kind of like, give, you know, kind of laying on the kid gloves. And I'm like, no, seriously, it was really that bad. You know, I, I can't speak for where it is today, but back then it really was that bad. I think I think Vista's got the bad rap. I don't think it was just Mac that Mac commercials that did it. No, and and a lot of people seem to forget that you know, uh, seven years ago when when Windows XP came out, it was the same thing. See, I don't remember that. I I upgraded from when I <laughs> went from Windows ninety eight to Windows XP. I skipped over Elme. Praise the Lord. Um, and so, but I, when I went to XP, it was, it was smooth sailing, my friend. It was awesome. Well, it's, you know, the systems are a lot more complex now. So yeah. anyway, um, <clears throat> we've got uh, a little bit of Apple news right now. I just want to talk about, uh, real quick. Sure. Uh, there was an application and you've talked about, uh, how you downloaded this application from a company called Null River called NetShare. Oh, I love it. And what NetShare allows someone to do is basically data tether their iPhone uh, to their laptop. So if you if you have a 3G iPhone, uh, or, you can or use, an Edge iPhone, by the way, <clears throat> I don't know why you'd want to do that, but no, you seriously would. I I can give you some examples, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, what's going on is that Apple pulled the application. Okay. And then a few days later, the application was back up on the App Store, and now it's been pulled again. And Null River cannot get a statement from Apple as to why the application was pulled. And honestly, Cliff, I think that's that's terrible. I think it's absolutely horrendous. At, at the very least, they need to release a statement to Null River because they are, in essence, if there is no reason uh, that they can give, you know, did they break an, an agreement in the development kit? You know, why was this approved and now it's taken down? If I mean, they are missing out on major, major revenue streams. I mean, oh, yeah, massive, absolutely. massive. I'm talking this application. I think it was ten dollars, nine ninety nine. And as soon as I read about it, as soon as I read about it. I immediately downloaded it. Now, I will tell you, I'm one of those people that I have been very, I mean, for me to pay any money for an application for the iPhone, I mean, I have been like, dude, I am waiting until I see it on somebody else's phone. I'm going to try it out. I'm going to see if I like it. I mean, I'm going to read about it. I'm going to wait till a lot of reviews get posted. I'm just, but as soon as I saw, I mean, it was like nine ninety nine. As soon as I saw the talk about NetShare, I'm like, I'm buying that immediately because first of all, I knew it would eventually get taken down because I, and how I found out about it is I use a, have you ever heard of Sumize, which is yes. the Twitter search engine, which was basically uh-huh. recently purchased by Twitter, by the way. But anyway, right. now if you go to search.twitter.com and you can do, basically it's, it's a search engine just for Twitter messages. And on the right-hand side, they always have these things called the top, I think it's one, two, three, four, five, the top 10 trending topics. So basically, they're consistently in live time, real time, they are always looking at the most frequently used uh, terms in Twitter posts. And NetShare, for some reason, was right at the top, and iPhone was right below it. And, of course, iPhone's always at the top. But anyway, uh, but NetShare was there. 
And so I click on those every now and then just to see what in the world's got the entire Twitter universe up in arms. And I read it and it just said something about being able to, you know, hey, I just installed uh, NetShare and I'm actually using my iPhone Y or my iPhone 3G to uh, browse the internet on my MacBook. And as soon as I read that and then I went to iTunes and I and I saw people saying hurry before it gets taken off. I immediately went to iTunes. Sure enough, it was there. I read the description and I immediately purchased that thing. And then, of course, I sent out a message saying, hey, everybody, if you guys have not seen this, if you have a Mac computer, a MacBook computer, you definitely want to get this before it disappears. I think it disappeared about 10 minutes after I posted that. So first yeah, of all, it's, did you it's get it, just, Chris? No, I, I have no need for it, honestly. Oh, okay. Well, um, go ahead. But it's... It just it really upsets me that Apple is is doing this and then being so tight lipped about the whole thing. It's just, it's just one of those things that if they don't watch it, they're gonna screw it up. They have screwed up quite a bit, if you ask me. I, I, I think that, you know, the experience of people, you know, purchasing these phones have, having to, you know, activate in the store. You can't buy your friend a an iPhone, and you know the AT and T tells you that you have to do this, and and then and I I wouldn't be surprised if it's AT and T saying to Apple, kill this. Oh yeah, because no, I, they probably want to sell you a tethering plan. Yeah, so let you know? let me explain to people because I, I realize we're using this language called tether, and and to be honest with you, if you were use if if I would have listened to everything that you and I have said to this point, I would have no idea what in the world we're talking about. Except right. for maybe one phrase that I said earlier, and that was <laughs> sharing your your 3G access. So tethering simply means that there is the ability to take your your uh, bra- web browsing capabilities, your internet access from your cell phone, and share it with your MacBook computer. And so, in essence, and what I can do, and I and I, for t- for ten dollars, I downloaded this application. I installed it. It it walks you through. I mean, it gives you step by step by step instructions. Do this, do this, do this. And I love those. I did all those steps and sure enough, I fired up my iPhone, opened the application, and I and of course, it doesn't work for me in Firefox because Firefox uses its own proxy system. But I I opened it up in Safari. I got a great connection. And I was browsing the internet. I turned off my Wi-Fi uh, in the house, and I just made sure that I was browsing off of my iPhone. And I will tell you, I was browsing. And I would say, considering the fact that I was hooked up to a cell phone for browsing the web, the pages were flying by. In fact, yeah. I even opened up Ustream. And I, I connected, and I was able to send a signal from my MacBook, video and audio out to Ustream. Now it was oh, ex- awesome. it was actually it was extremely delayed. There's absolutely no way that I could do a live show from it. But the fact that it even connected blew me away. And then I went over to like Blip.tv and some other Flash embedded sites. And you know what? It played them. I mean, it, it it's it's very good. And of course, my you know our websites are f- fairly heavy uh, intensive on on graphics and everything like that, pulled them up with no problem whatsoever, uh, blazing fast as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I would say it was at least five, six, seven times that of any dial-up connection I've ever had. 
and um, it's awesome. I, and it doesn't cost me an extra penny at all. It's unlimited data. Of course, I'm not going to you know use it unless I just really have to because you know of course these unlimited data plans we all know and have if you've read the tech stories out there they 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 will get mad at you if you go over a certain amount. Yeah. But here okay, so here's the situation. So I now can go out. I don't I'm no longer uh, if I want to go out and work in, in in a quiet environment that's different than my own, I'm no longer tethered, <laughs> that word, I'm no longer tethered or tied to going to the library, Starbucks, or um, uh, what's that other place, Panera Bread. Yeah. No, I can go anywhere I want to now, and I can sit down, and even if they don't have free Wi-Fi, I just sit down and put my iPhone right next to my laptop which it does it by wi-fi it's not a wire connected um i just set my iphone down we i i fire it up and i can browse from anywhere and not only this but it also works with edge and i will tell you where why would i ever want to do that well when i was in the smoky mountains i would have given anything out in the middle of nowhere where all i had was a was a little one bar of edge i would have given anything to be able to browse the forum or to to check my email on my laptop versus doing it on my on my iPhone. So yeah, yeah. It, it does share your edge network. And uh, it, it does not work through Bluetooth. It works through the Wi-Fi on your on your iPhone. So it, it's pretty awesome. I will tell you, I, 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 it's the best 10 bucks I could have ever spent on an, any application ever. Yeah, I would <laughs> I would say if, if anybody sees it again pop up, buy it and then, you know, just just have it or give it as a gift to somebody do something yeah because it is awesome and and if it comes up again it is definitely awesome so, so anyway yeah, so that's that's what's going on in uh in the world of apple to right now so yeah I'll, well i i will sh- i do want to share one other thing apple related here when it comes to itunes and that is um let me see i've got a, um that's not good to see anyway um one of the other things that I w- want to share with folks is that if you are using these applications and uh, you go in and, of course, if you're subscribed to podcasts, which if you're listening to this, chances are you are and you're using iTunes to do it. One of the things I didn't realize was underneath podcast on the left-hand menu, there is the thing that says applications. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden it had a, a number next to it as if it, you know, there was something waiting. And I never realized until today how you can check for updates and <laughs> download updates on your on your iTunes instead of doing it on your phone. And so if you see the little number next to applications, click on applications down in the menu at the bottom. You'll see it says get more applications or check for updates. So if you yeah. click check for updates, it'll give you a whole page of your updates and you can actually download them right from there. And then when you sync your computer the next time, it'll update the application on your phone. So uh, there's a there's a lot of talk and a lot of rumors out there that says that some of the the uh, some of the issues with iPhones locking up and stuff like that are a result of uh, them being downloaded via the the Wi-Fi connection. And I want to say that I just don't believe that. Um, the only thing I can believe is if you've maybe lost your connection and, and and it stopped halfway or something like that or you lost a couple data bits here and there. I could see that could be a problem. But uh, I I still download and up, upgrade a lot of my applications via the Wi-Fi. 
and I'm I'm not seeing as many lockups as I used to. And I yeah, think I'm the same way. I, I haven't had any, many issues either. I think that just the apps being updated are it's better. Yep, I think I've had 15 or 16 different updates on my application on various applications, and and with each new update, these things become more and more robust. Mm-hmm. All righty. So, anything else going on that you want to share? Uh, no, let's, let's get to some uh, questions. All right, so the first caller is in the room right now. His name is Frank. He's uh, in the chat room, so let's see what Frank has to say. Cliff Ravenscraft and Chris Biting, it's Frank. I'm calling from, where am I, where am I right now? I'm in Vermont. I'm in Vermont. I'm traveling with my PowerBook G4, and I have a question. My PowerBook G4, my, G, my PowerBook is four years old. Um, I have the opportunity to get a new uh, Power Mac, um, and I'm just torn because my company pays for most of it, but I have to pay for part of it. And, and um, um, I'm just trying to decide the benefits of getting the new Power Mac. Um, you know, with the dual network, you know, the, that I could run um, Mac and PC all at the same time. The problem I'm having right now with my current PowerBook G4 is I'm running out of space. I've got um, I'm looking at my Macintosh HD, which is hard drive, um, you know, and it says I've got 74.41 gigabytes, and I've got five gigabytes. I've got a lot of um, videos, a lot of pictures and stuff, and a lot of work files on here. So I've got five free gigabytes, man. Um, I, I and I, and I keep down, I, I dumping stuff on a hard external hard drive. But is it time for me to upgrade to a MacBook? And what benefits will I have by doing that? Um, and what downsides will I have for not? Appreciate any help you have. Love your show. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. All excellent questions. Chris, I'm going to let you start off, man. All right. As someone who was very upset when Apple went Intel, I'll tell you right now, ditch the G4, get the brand new one. Um, even the slowest MacBook is going to be light years faster than, your, than, than, than anything that you had before. I mean, it's just ridiculous how much faster these Intel processors are. Um, as far as getting between a, a MacBook and a MacBook Pro, uh, if you're using it for a workout, say get MacBook Pro. It's got a better video card. Um, I, well, actually, let me take that back. It's, got, it's actually got a real video card in it as opposed to the integrated Intel graphics. Um, the one nice thing, though, about the MacBook is it's very easy to upgrade the hard drive. Uh, you remove two screws or three screws, and you can you can pop out the hard drive and put in a new one. So there's there's different things that you need to think about. I I would most certainly upgrade though. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I I would not go to an older Mac uh, prior to the Intel chip, not because of the technical aspects, but but just because of, or not because of the the faster speed, but just for the 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 advancement of how long that computer is going to last you um you know i i really do believe that all the software is almost completely ported over to intel i think i don't know how much longer are they going to do backwards compatibility you is that going to be an issue chris Snow, snow leopard's not going to be supporting um power pc chips anymore so okay so there you go we're already looking at the very next operating version or the version of the operating system is not going to be backwards compatible to to the the old power books uh, and the other thing is is as far as macbook versus macbook pro definitely 
definitely, definitely, I would have to say from my experience, go MacBook Pro. Even your smallest, smallest version of MacBook Pro. And the reason why, and the only thing I don't like about my MacBook is the fact that it doesn't have a graphics processing unit. It has mm-hmm. just a built-in graphics processor, and I cannot use Final Cut Pro. I cannot use, uh, some, there are some advanced features of uh, on the, um, what's it called, of ScreenFlow. It says, I'm sorry, this, this or this, um, oh, this setting or this option is only available if you have a, uh, GPU installed with you know our, our faster GPU. So so basically, I'm running into a lot of issues with my little MacBook, even though I've got lots of RAM and stuff like that. And as far as hard drive space, I, dude, that's a never-ending issue. Mm-hmm. I, dude, if if we all had 500 gigabyte hard drives, you know, we're we're all gonna run out of them. I I, I think that's just a law of hard drives. You know. If yeah. We, oh, uh, real quick, uh, yeah. someone just said, and I'm just. Double checking it right now. The iPhone 2.0.1 software has just been released. No way. Yeah. Well, I am going there right now. iPhone. <laughs> I am hooking up. Oh, you know what? I probably shouldn't do that. I'm not going to do that. I'll have to wait until afterwards. Yeah, it doesn't say if what it uh, what it updates or anything, but um, I hope it has the copy paste. Oh, it's not gonna have copy paste. Dude, I saw that there was a new version of iTunes came in. I I I told it not to upgrade earlier today. Did you see that? Oh, uh, yeah, I upgrade. I upgraded it every, every time it asked me to upgrade. I upgrade. Yeah, I know, but I I mean, I normally do, but I was just in the middle of some other stuff, so I didn't want to deal with it. I wanted to sync my phone real quick. So cool. uh, it looks like a couple people are downloading it now, so they'll they'll let us know. I'll, if if I had to guess, it's probably just bug fixes. I don't think they're gonna put any new features in there or anything. I would be I would be shocked if there's any new features. Yeah, I would say that if it was going to be new features, it would be 2.1 versus mm-hmm. 2.0.1. Yeah, this is going to be just some bug fixes and stuff, which is fine. I no, mean, to, dude, totally give us some me. bug fixes. <laughs> believe me, uh, as soon as our show's over here in a little bit, I'm going to be downloading it too. You better believe it. Me as well. You know, here's what I okay. You know what? Let's do a really quick. Let's hope they fix X in 2.0.1. I hope they speed up backing up. It, no, I am, oh. Oh, it, it, nothing makes me more upset than like downloading podcasts in the morning before work. And uh, you, don't, you don't have this problem anymore because you, 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 you are your own boss. But um, you know, I'm in a time crunch. I got I to gotta get out the door. I slam my iPhone down on my dock and it sits there for a half hour. Well, dude, you know you – and it, let's, just assume, let's just say if they don't fix it, you realize when it says you, you know, iPhone is backing up, you can hit the little X and stop that process. Yeah, but I I, every time it seems like I stop something, it always messes up. Well, it, it, I've had that before. You have to have one good solid backup on there. Before it works, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I haven't backed up my phone in six, seven days. And the reason why is because I just don't have an hour of my life to, to spend on it. You, you know, I, might be, I might work for myself, but hey, my boss is pretty impatient when it comes to just wasting, <laughs> sitting around wasting time. I just can't have that, you know? And so my boss gets on me just as much as yours would. <laughs> so did, did you see that uh, Google Calendar now supports CalDev? You know, uh, I wanted to ask you about that because I am so excited, although I don't know why I'm excited because I don't see any immediate benefit to me. Pretty much all it does, it, 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 this is really just for people who use iCal. Um, it allows uh, instant, well, instant within every five minutes or so. 
syncing of calendars to Google Calendar. So if you make a change on Google Calendar, uh-huh. it's reflected reflected in iCal. And if you make a change in iCal, it's reflected in Google Calendar. Okay. Uh, right now, any changes you make on your iPhone, like let's say you add, it doesn't do anything with the iPhone. So well, we're, we're, still, we're still kind of out, out, of the, out in the woods on that. Okay, so here's the thing. Right now, I am currently subscribed to the iCal feed on my calendar on my Google Calendar in iCal, which means that it's a read-only calendar in iCal. So I can sync that calendar, that read-only calendar, to my iPhone. So everything that's on Google, um, I have to add everything to Google, but I can but I can get it all on my phone with a sync of the phone. Of course, I have to sync each time. So so here's the situation. What I want to ask is if if so you're, are you saying it's possible for me to use iCal and have you know direct syncing without using spanning sync or one of those other things? Dude, third- I've got something we got something better. Well, tell you, me. you want to know what it is? What okay. Is it? Um especially for your iPhone. Uh there's something I found today called Nueva Sync. What is it's it? Nueva Sync. It's N U E V A S Y N C. Okay, tell me about it. Okay. What it does is it'll, it, it uses uh, an authentication to your Google Calendar. And basically what it does is it kind of takes Google Calendar and puts it on exchange, sort of, and allows you to do over-the-air synchronization to your Google Calendar through the iPhone. Huh? <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, so, I, so, I've, say that it to me again. Okay. So so it's uh, going to put it on some kind of like exchange server? Yeah, it's let me send you the link. It's really really weird. Um basically what it does is they take an exchange server or an exchange type server um and just use the calendar and sla- and contacts portion of the exchange server. Okay. And they have some kind of conduit that'll allow your Google Calendar to talk to the exchange server and vice versa. Okay. So basically, it adds this layer of 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 pretty much it gives it gives you the push calendar and push contacts for your iPhone with Google. So with Google, yeah. Does this work with the Google accounts? Do you know? It it does, dude. And how yeah, now, much? I, how much is it? Free. It's free. Yeah, I'm wondering how they're making money, and and I think you've got to give them some kind of authentication to your Google calendar, which kind of freaks me out a little bit. Oh, dude, I don't care if they see when I'm going to, (laughs) where I'm going. It doesn't matter. Uh, But, yeah, that doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, so uh, Lifehacker talked about them uh, a few weeks ago. And Lifehacker.com is a great site if you've never been to it uh, for little, you know, little tweaks and hacks and, you know, things to kind of make your life more more productive. And they talked about this, this, um, the site, and I'm trying to find more things about them. So well, anyway, the, it, it, yeah, it, it looks pretty cool. Okay, so this is going to be, um, so this is it going to push data? Is that what is going to happen here? If I was to yes. use it, so it's going to push data, and is it going to push both email and calendar, or just the calendar? Just calendar and contacts, if you want. Okay. Uh, yeah, it says. Uh, oh, okay, here. it says coming soon support for email via a gateway to IMAP. Of course, we already have IMAP, so who needs that? We just want to have this set up for 
Google Calendar and having it for my contacts is nice. Of course, it says Plaxo for contacts, which I already use Plaxo, and and I'm but I guess this would be a push solution for Plaxo for contacts. Right now, the the warning that they that I've read is that it does that when you set up an Exchange server on your iPhone, it does clean out all your contacts and and calendar and kind of go fresh. So you want to make sure that your count that your contacts and stuff just in case are backed up, and you can do that through. Um, address book you know just export it out as a v card so yeah yeah so so basically uh, i'm looking here and it's nueva sync.com uh, so i and it's https colon slash slash so nueva sync.com i will definitely be checking this out the only thing is is it's kind of kind of weirds me out that it's a free service yeah, it makes I, me. Want I'd almost feel more starts. comfortable if I was paying for it. Yeah, <laughs> does that sound weird? Yeah, I'm not. I think what they're doing is they're going to offer this solution to corporations or something. I don't know, and and people like you and me get it for free or something. I don't know. I have no idea. What is this in here? This Lewis Codet in the chat room says Cliff is so much better than the bite me guy. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. Uh, the I, that's I don't know. Someone's not being nice, I guess. Is somebody not being nice in the chat room? Yeah, I don't, I don't care. I don't know. We, we Apparently got, I'm really full of myself. Whatever. Oh, are are they saying you're the bite me guy? My last name is Biting. Oh, uh, dude, that sucks. Somebody boot you know what, that I don't person. Care. You know what, no, don't boot him out. Don't boot him out. Don't boot him out. I don't care. Hey, dude, you know this is family. I I personally personally take care of it. It would be my pleasure. <laughs> there we go. Do I seem like I'm full of myself? No, not okay. at all. I, you're, okay. You, you, my friend, you're worth every penny I pay you to be full of yourself. Ah, <laughs> you pay me anything last time I checked. <laughs> this is true. So you're worth every penny I pay. Anyway, we we can't have people talking about our hosts like that. All right. So anyway, uh, we do have another question here. This comes in from Robbie. Okay, go ahead. Hi, Cliff. This is W. Robbie calling uh, from Cleveland, Ohio, for the Help I Got a Mac show. And I have two quick questions. One is, I got a new MacBook Pro, and I was wondering if you guys could discuss briefly some of the pros and cons of connecting the Apple TV. I think one of you guys mentioned that you have one. I'm uh, considering one or other media extenders, but I'd like to go with the Apple TV if you guys feel it's uh, worthwhile. And I uh, just would like to know your comments on it in general. Don't have any specifics about it, but just would like to know what you think about it. And also, another quick question on uh, running iTunes and Leopard. Cliff, you mentioned that you had great success last week with your installation of Leopard, and i um, glad to hear that. That's fantastic. I'm finding that um, I have clicked on when new episodes are available, download the most recent one. I'm finding that that doesn't always work. I find myself often going in and having to manually uh, check for and download new um, new podcast releases. And so since I subscribe to a few of yours, which I think are all great, uh, especially about the church, I was just wondering, uh, do you think this is a problem with my system or do you think that this is just uh, sometimes the feed some of these uh, podcasts aren't always uh, easily um, activated automatically uh, through that feature in preferences. Thanks for your comment. Love your show. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. 
Okay, so here's the here. Okay, first of all, he had a question about uh, the Apple TV. Yes. I, do you have any comments on Apple TV? Uh, you know what? I like it. I actually let me take that back. I love it, and um, I don't use it as much as I did. the The, the novelty, of course, is kind of worn off, but I still. It's still my go-to uh, device for you know renting a movie or watching podcasts. I mean, it's it's. I'm just not using it every night because it's down in my basement where you know my my big screen and stuff is, and I'm not down there every night. Uh, but when I do use it, I I, I, I love it. I, I don't not like having it. Does it make sense? It does. It does. Okay. Cool. All right, and so Robert, the other question that you had was whether or not your iTunes when you have it set up in your settings to download the most recent one episode and it goes out and checks them that that sometimes uh, when you come back the those episodes aren't downloaded for you you have to manually push the get button um, I have not experienced that um, I'm wondering if Robbie you're experiencing that on just your uh, podcast that you subscribe to for me or if, if that's just overall uh, I'd be interested in learning more about that and uh the best place to put that is probably in the help I got a Mac session section of the forum gspn.tv slash forum. And then, of course, there's the help I got a Mac section there. But um, no, I, I haven't had that. The one thing I can tell you is what would cause that is if you had a podcaster who occasionally has files. Let's just say the the where the the MP3 is is hosted. If for some reason that was unavailable uh, for periods of time, now it's it's not uncommon for a lot of free hosting solutions to have their hosting servers just absolutely not be available from time to time. And if that's the case, then what would happen is when your podcast, when iTunes goes out and checks for a new episode, it, the RSS feed of their blog will look just fine. It'll go ahead and say, here's the new episode, and it will attempt to download it. And what will happen is if that server is not available, then it will time out and it will not download it. And so, of course, the next time, let's just say if you've got your iTunes set to check it every hour, the next time it goes there to look for it, it's not going to show that as a quote-unquote new episode since the last time it checked and therefore it does not download. So that's the only thing I can think of is maybe some of those podcasts, the servers are, are maybe not there right at you know, twenty four seven. So yeah, that, I, I find myself hitting refresh in the morning when I when I fire up iTunes just to make sure that, that you know it did go out and check everything. And yeah. sometimes you know, uh, I've gotten a couple of podcasts that you know I didn't. And you're right, like I didn't listen to uh, Windows Weekly. Okay, I'm gonna admit to this. I didn't listen to Windows Weekly the week before, and it wouldn't download the other one unless I hit refresh. So right. All right, so anyway, that is his, Robbie's question. Let's go on. We have another question. Or actually, this is a comment, I think. This just came in from Alaska Brad. Hey, Cliff. It's Alaska Brad calling in again for help. I got a Mac. Uh, I'm listening to the gentleman explain the Finder window. I uh, use my Finder uh, you know, on the dock. Uh, mine hides away, and I've cleaned up my desktop as well, so it's just an image. But if, you, if I click the, my Finder, it's the first icon on the left, uh, in the in the bar, and uh, it opens up right to my applications because I want to be able to get to my applications uh, that aren't in my dock uh, really quickly. So, and you can do that in the Finder preferences, same place that you were, you know, show these items on the desktop. But when you 
go down to the middle there, it says New Finder Windows Open, and uh, you can open it up. And what I've done is I selected Other, and I went to Applications. So now when I click the Finder, it opens up my applications, and you still have the sidebar with, with all your other stuff if you need to get to your documents. But you can set yours up to open your documents, and then you have all your documents right in front of you, whatever places you have set up. Anyways, I just thought I'd share that little bit of information and what I do. All right, take care. All righty. Thank you so much for that, Brad. And, of course, he's actually re he's responding to something we talked about last week, uh, which is, of course, the fact that I took the, micro, uh, the Macintosh HD icon off of my desktop and uh, just decided that I no longer wanted anything on my desktop anymore. Yeah, that's how mine is. I have absolutely no icons on my desktop whatsoever. Yeah. It, it is an icon-free zone. And so basically, and, and, and um, Brad, I did something just like that. I pretty much drugged the icon right down to to my dock down at the bottom. And, of course, my Macintosh HD is a folder on my desktop or on my dock. And if I expand it out, I have it stretch out. And then it says, you know, at the very top, it's, it says I can open it in Finder, which does the same thing. So lots of different ways to go about the same thing. But I certainly appreciate you calling in and, yeah. and sharing what you've done. I just clicked the Finder icon. <laughs> cool. We have one more voicemail. But before we get to it, there is something that was put into the chat room here I definitely want to answer. And uh, I, I'm going to say I have a very strong opinion on this. I don't have any fact, but I certainly am willing to share my opinion. So here's here's what Adji, or I think it's Adji, but anyway, said, uh, question for you both. Oh, uh, yeah. I just remembered a clip went through this. Okay, go ahead. What's that? Yeah, yeah, you, you no went, doubt. You went through this. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, has Apple moved to making Macs that need Apple wireless routers? Uh, because my wife's Mac is having trouble staying connected or recognizing our Linksys wireless router. Now, I am going to give you my non, is it non-substantiated proof? <laughs> I, have, I have nothing to back this up other than my experience with my computer. And I will tell you, I believe without any question whatsoever, Mac has introduced something into the drivers for the the airport extremes or the the airport wireless uh, cards inside the MacBooks to where they will not work with anything other than a an Apple Extreme or some other sort of Apple wireless router. I believe that without any doubt whatsoever. Are you serious? I believe it without a doubt. Dude, I use all sorts of wireless uh, routers all the time. I can guarantee you, you will not. Your if your MacBook can come over here and stay connected. Well, first of all, do you have any PCs in your house? No. Okay, I will tell you this. It 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 only happens. And this this again, I I trust me. I've got seventeen pages, seventeen pages of forum posts where I posted every single detail about my problem I could possibly come up with. Every every troubleshooting session that I did, every solution I tried. Everything is all documented in the uh, Help I Got a Mac section of the forum over at gspn.tv slash forum. But if you have a PC and a MacBook hooked up to the same Linksys router, it's it, no can do. I, but if I, if I, as long as I do not wirelessly turn on my wife's PC or her PC laptop, if I just use my MacBook, I am completely fine. But if you turn on 
any PC device and connect to that Linksys router, that you will have to go in and, and basically reset your your DSL or your cable modem uh, 12, 15, 20 times a day. Yeah. It is absolutely horrendous. And I will tell you, and um, my parents started, of course, I, I, I just think that the, honestly, I think Linksys routers are, are pretty much garbage anymore. Um, everybody I know has been starting to have some real issues with Linksys anyway. And, you know, I, I went out, it got to the point where I, after about two months of troubleshooting, I finally got sick of it. I went out and bought an airport extreme, uh, Apple wireless router. It's completely solved my problems. I have not had a problem since, since then my, my parents called me up, told me they were having issues where they had to go down and turn it all off and turn it back on. And they had a Linksys router. I went and bought them. Uh, an Apple Extreme for their house, and so they haven't had a problem since then. So yeah, now now there's there's a um, and Aggie's asking a couple questions about airport. So I'll talk about airport real quick. Go ahead. Uh, there's three different types of air of airport uh, base stations that you can get. Uh, you can get the uh, Airport Express, which is what I've got, which and is a, it's a, basically a little plug, right? Yeah, it looks like a little AC adapter. Um, it allows you to stream audio to it if you want to hook up speakers to it, which is pretty cool. Um, you can still do a print server, but it only allows you to connect uh, 10 devices. So, you know, iPhones and computers and Xboxes and PlayStation 3s and whatever. And those are all uh, wirelessly, right? Yes. There's no hard- hardwire connection. Right. Okay. Um, and the price for that, I want to say, is $99, and it's an, it's an 802.11N router. Uh, let's see here. Ba, 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 ba. Apple Care. While he's looking that up, I do want to emphasize: no Ethernet cables can attach to it. So right, exactly. Yes, you cannot hardwire anything to it. It's ninety nine dollars. I've got it, and you know what? It's really I I love it. I took it with me uh, on vacation because I knew that the cabin I was staying in had. Uh, had a, a modem in it, a cable modem, and they just gave you this big, long, you know, janky-looking Ethernet cord, and I didn't want that. So I brought my Airport Express with me in it because it's really, really tiny. I just threw it in my laptop bag, and boom, I had wireless. Right. Um, the next option is the Airport Extreme Base Station. Which is what uh, I think I... Yeah, that is what I have. Yeah, yeah. and it's got gigabit, built-in gigabit Ethernet. It's $179. The advantage of that... Is it supports up to I think 120 devices, so it's got uh, you can hook a lot more stuff up to it. You can also hook a external hard drive up to it to do uh, you know Time Machine and just saving files to the network for both PCs and Macs. And let's just say all, all three of the airports support both Windows and, and Mac and Linux and wh- whatever else you have. Right. Uh, the third option is Time Capsule. And what Time Capsule is is basically an Airport Extreme base station with a with a server grade hard drive already built into it. Right. And uh, it comes in two sizes, 500 gigabyte and one terabyte. And the prices for those are uh, 3.99 for the 500 gig and 4.99 for the for the one terabyte. And really, that's not a bad price. Uh, when the Time Capsule was announced, I thought they were going to price gouge everybody, and they really haven't. That's that's a pretty good price. Um, the Airport Extreme base station on a cliff has is 179, mm-hmm. and again the, the Airport Express is 99. So yeah, uh, got really good options. And I, you and I both disagree. We, we we agree to disagree on this. I really like the Airport software. 
on the Mac because I just think it's real, real, especially for like a newbie, it's really, really easy to use. Oh, what, where did we disagree on that? I thought you hated it. No, I I hated that you had to. I, I would much rather dial in via... Oh, oh, oh. I would much rather dial in so they don't have to install any software. I'd love to be able to get into the route, the settings of my Apple router from my browser on my PC. That that's that I mean, but I'm not against the software. The software is pretty easy to use and you install it. Yeah. But but I still I, you know, I would much rather have the software to, something I could dial into. I, I would like to have the option to do one or the other. Yeah, that may be like a web type interface. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, what what I would do uh if you're thinking about getting one is I would keep a look on the uh, refurbished items area, and normally you can you can if you go to the refurbished Mac, I think it's where they put that. You can sometimes find a refurbished uh, airport for pretty cheap. And I'm looking through here to see if there's anything. Ah, Apple certified uh, wireless connectivity. You can get a Airport Express base station uh, for sixty nine dollars. Uh, you can get the one the that, that's the older one that's like the one I have which is which is the G network, right. or you can get the eight hundred two point eleven N for seventy nine dollars, or you can get the uh, Airport Extreme base station just the same kind you have for one forty nine. Yeah, and I, they, I really like re, Apple's refurb stuff. It looks brand new. The only thing it is, it doesn't come in a fancy box. Just comes in a, pr- a plain, you know, brown box, but it's got a one-year warranty. You can still get Apple Care on it if it's a PC, or or an iPhone or an iPod. Uh, it's a, it's a really nice way to save a couple bucks. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I ordered a lot of shuffles from them, and they all came in really pretty boxes. Oh well, yeah. My um, ironically, my Apple TV came in a real pretty box too. So uh, the one thing I want to just say, as far as the, the determining them, uh, which one you want to get between the three, if you do choose to get an Apple. Uh, router. I personally don't like the time capsule option. I I'm a huge fan of or of saving money where I can. I think you mm-hmm. can get a cheaper hard drive um, for you know for your purposes of using Time Machine, and you oh, can sure. plug that into the Airport Extreme just fine. Not to mention the fact that in my experience, other than my Linksys, of course, in my experience, um, I really believe that w- wireless routers are going to outlive a hard drive any day of the week. Yeah, that makes sense. There's no moving parts in it, obviously. Exactly. And so you get you put a 500 gig hard drive inside of your wireless router or a terabyte, terabyte drive, there's a chance in two or three years that drive's going to get corrupted or have some kind of malfunction. And then all of a sudden you've got yourself a malfunctioned something or other going on inside of your very nice wireless router. So, uh, so would is, you say right now that your best bet is to, is to get the refurbished Airport Extreme for one forty nine? Yeah, with free shipping. Yeah, absolutely. And then get yourself a, a decent external drive, five hundred gigs for you know less than a hundred bucks, and you and you stick that in via USB into your dr- slot on the back, and you're you're good to go with Time Capsule. Yeah, and what's cool is that the uh, time, whatever that's time called. machine, time machine, any. Any computer on the network can see that drive and, and store files to it too. So. Yeah, very cool stuff. You can make it a media drive if you wanted to. Yeah. Well, I want to just say I'm a huge fan of of the Apple wireless routers. Uh, it works. I mean, obviously, I was having massive issues, uh, ag with with my connections, and it was literally. I mean, it was raising my blood pressure, and so it was it was good for my physical health. 
that I went out and bought that thing because <laughs> I sleep better at night. <laughs> anyway. um, we're getting some reports from people in the chat room that the 2.0.1 uh, software update is uh, good and hasn't caused any issues. So well, the, I would say go ahead and do it. Sounds good. I, I definitely will. And I'm very much looking forward to having even greater reliability. I, I, I Like I said, I was starting to have some pretty decent reliability in my apps. But, uh, you know, hey, if this is going to help it even more. That's awesome. One last call, and then we'll call it a day. Sounds good. Hi, Cliff. Uh, this is Wayne from Wayne Henderson VoiceOvers calling for help. I got a Mac. Uh, thanks for the most recent episode. That was fun to hear everybody's comments on the new iPhones, the iPhone apps, and all that happy stuff. So I just want to call in with a few of my favorites that I've uh, actually been using quite a bit. Of course, got to have your Twitterific. I also love the Ping FM uh, app so I can post uh, all my different... Uh, I do want to stop right there for just a second and say that the uh, ping.fm is a web application that he's talking about. Uh, I, I went into uh, getsatisfaction.com, which is a customer service, uh, a community-based customer service. And mm-hmm. they do have an employee from ping.fm that monitors those. And I made a suggestion of making a physical iPhone application. And it's been about three weeks, but just this week, they did put a, the employer says that it is coming in due time. Nice. So that's awesome to hear. All right, let's go on with the rest of Wayne's call. Twitters and whatever directly from there, all from one place when I want to. The remote app where I can control my iTunes with the remote. That Love is it. fabulous. I'm kind of scrolling through my iPhone right now looking for all my fabulous apps. I use the eBay and uh, PayPal ones as well. And uh, let's see. Oh, also I have the weight track. You know, now that I've got my pedometer, trying to get a lot of steps, I'm also keeping track of my weight on the weight track. Uh, and just for fun to suck people in, the phone saver and the light <laughs> are great at uh, family gatherings and at work going, look what this can do. And of course, like you mentioned earlier, uh, the more cowbell. Awesome, awesome thing. Uh, I just want to pause. He's still got 26 more seconds. But two things. Do you know what's really cool? Is to open because you know it, it. It's always it's always been really neat to open up iTunes in the morning or to look at iTunes, pull up your iTunes in the morning, and to see that you have twenty seven or thirty seven new podcasts available. But it's yeah. it's like Christmas every day that I look to see if there's a new iPhone application <laughs> update. Because you know, there's like there's like forty three tip calculators though. There's a lot of crap on there too. I know, but I'm talking about not not like going in and seeing the new applications. I'm talking about the applications that you already love, that you've fallen <laughs> in love with, and you go in and you see, hey, there's a new update, and you read it, and it's like, oh, we've added this feature, and oh, by the way, by popular, yeah. we've added this feature, like the light. They're, they've changed it to where it'll save it'll change the it'll save your most recent settings but but the more cowbell have you tried out cowbell yet no i oh, haven't dude cowbell have, are you familiar with the cowbell skit from saturday night live of course i am well check this out man listen to this all right here we go I gotta have more did you hear that i did and, and here you go i'm gonna tap the screen and so you can you can act, and it'll play while you're playing your music, but they just added this functionality, which of course I don't have the I guess it's not working. Oh, here we go. Shake to play. Check this out. This is this is brand new functionality. 
They they added it to where you can shake the cowbell now. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy. But and but the, and that's just like the craziest of it. But but there really is there really is some neat functionality being added to some of these other applications. And I love the fact that when you go in, it says what's new in this release, and you're yeah. able to read that. And I think it, I think that's really cool. If anything, Apple has done. I want to say that we've given them a lot of crud here recently about the way that they've handled the sale of the iPhone, about the way they've handled some other things. Uh, but I just want to say the applications, they've done it right. Yeah. I think for oh, the and, most and, part. And by the way, yeah, uh, hold, Texas Hold'em, uh-huh. awesome. It is. Awesome. I love it. I went to a, a friend of mine ha- mine's house, and uh, we played Texas Hold'em fa- heads up, man. It was Nuh-uh. awesome. Yes. Nice. It is awesome. It's really I, cool to get into a place where you can all be logged in on the same Wi-Fi. Another uh, good game I got was called uh, Trism. Trism? Trism, What's yeah. Trism? It's, it's, a, it's a puzzle game. It's fantastic. They, they were both five bucks. Uh, and Trism, yeah, is, is awesome. Actually, Emily was playing it um, while we were on vacation a couple times, and she kind of she dug it too. So Cool, cool. All right, well, that's all I have for this episode. Do you have anything else you want to share? I think I do not. All right, well, we want to say... <laughs> let's, thank- go, let's go download 2.0.1. No doubt. We want to say thank you to everybody who's joined us live in the chat room. We were we really depend on you guys and your support as far as questions are concerned. So we would love it if you would just pick up the phone and dial area code 859 795 40 Six seven, and again, that's even for those of you who are experienced Mac users. Do you have a maybe as an experienced Mac user? Let me just say this really quick: uh, Have you had questions that your friends who are thinking about buying a Mac they ask you the same question all the time? You know, whatever that question is, w- even though you know the answer, would you be willing to call in and let and just ask that question? And uh, let us deal with it here because we have a lot of brand new Mac users. We have a lot of people who are now listening to this show because they're thinking about buying a Mac. And even though we all know the answers, it's great to cover those because these people are looking to make uh, really good conscious decisions on which MacBook to get or whether or not to get one. And so we really need that. Area code 859-795-4067. And then finally... If you have the opportunity and you can do so to support us, go to gspn.tv slash plus to learn how to become a plus member today. We're out of here.